Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 198. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we come up with innovative ways of making an empty plastic bottle an exciting new toy for a toddler. I am your host, Nikki Farsad, and don't forget, you guys, it's Ramadan. It's time to reflect, um, and it's a time for charity and community, and today, my community act was really fun because I ordered something from the East Village Vintage Collective to help keep them open when they actually reopen. Uh, maybe you have a small store you want to support. Uh, charity comes in many forms, so uh, think of the the small the small cutie stores in your hood that you want to save. Um, the East Village Vintage Collective is mine, and they have an, a robust online presence, if I might say so myself. Today. Uh, we're not going to talk about vintage clothes, though I could, you know, for hours. Um, but today we're going to talk about rent and meat. We're also going to talk about primaries and polling numbers. And finally, Zoom weddings. Are you a fan? Uh, I'm so excited to be the panel today for the first time ever. She is the national correspondent for The Nation. She is a CNN contributor. She is an author um, of a book called What's the Matter with White People? You guys, it's Joan Walsh. Hey, Joan. Hey, how are you? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're here. Um, We also have uh, on the panel, you've heard him here before. You've loved him before. Um, You've admired his his flowing locks in uh, our Instagram (laughs) photos. He is the comedian and author of The Astonishing Life of August March, which is out now, which is a book I'm going to immediately purchase right after this podcast. Um, It's Aaron Jackson. Hey, Aaron. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, And before we get into the show, I wanted to remind everybody uh, that tomorrow we have a new episode of Bonus the Nation coming out. That's Friday. New episode of Bonus the Nation. It's so exciting. It's with Griffin Newman and Amanda Hunt. And together we talk about clean fluencers which is a word that slightly makes me want to kill myself. But you'll learn about what they are and uh, join it on the discussion. It's a really great episode. And um, I know this is 
me tooting my own horn, but here's the deal. All of the Bonus the Nation episodes are great. And another thing about Fake the Nation is we're one of the very few podcasts that actually pays their panelists. We believe in <laughs> um, the value of their work, and we want to be able to keep that going. And one of the great ways of supporting this podcast is by joining Stitcher Premium, where you can get episodes of Bonus the Nation, but you can get their entire archive of stuff like Mark Maron's entire What the Fuck? Uh, archive. Um, there, There's bonus episodes for nearly every Earwolf show, um, ever Stitcher show on um, Stitcher Premium. So it's just, it's just a treasure trove of stuff to listen to. Um, Fake the Nation bonus episodes are out now. Uh, you can listen on Stitcher Premium and for a free month trial of Stitcher Premium, use the code FAKE at the checkout. That's F-A-K-E. And again, you help the show. You help us keep our standards here at the show. Um, and uh, oh my god, I would just really love it if you joined. And thanks for the people who already have. Oh my gosh, it's been great um, to have uh, to have new folks join join the ranks of Bonus the Nation and Stitcher Premium. Let us march right into topic number one. Okay, you may not know this, um, and that's maybe part of the problem, but organizers and tenants are coordinating the largest run strike in nearly a century on May 1st. Um, that's tomorrow. So far, 5,000 people have signed on an online pledge. <laughs> pledge. So far, 5,000 people have signed an online pledge not to pay rent on May 1st. Uh, you guys, have you heard about this rent strike? And what do you think of the movement to cancel rent? Aaron. Have I heard of the rent strike? I have heard of it, but weirdly just from... Um, Me. All my... <laughs> yeah, from you. No, from all my um, just like poor artist friends right. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like those people... Um, Which is 90% of my friends. To, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like they're always complaining about rent. So I didn't really realize what a... Um, what a <laughs> A coordinated movement it was, right. perhaps. Thought it was maybe just friends um, doing what they do. But um, I don't know. I think it, it, um, I think it's cool. I wish it was getting more coverage. Like it, um, some of the articles you sent us talked about how it wasn't getting much coverage. And I, and I agree. I live in New York City and pay rent and haven't heard about it that much. Right. Which is, I think, kind of shocking. And um, I do think it's wild when you aren't making any money. And I personally live in one of those buildings that's owned by a organization that has like a million buildings. So I don't really care if they don't get rent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know is, you know, certainly not a well-developed uh, thought on the issue. But it's like, give me a break. Joan, what do you think <laughs> of cancel rent? I think it's great, you know, uh, again, especially for large organizations, uh, you know, these these mega landlords uh, who are basically often ripping people off. Some of them are decent. Some of them are the Kushners. Uh, so don't pay rent if you live right. in a Kushner building, for sure. Um, oh, my God. Know, and so I, many more people live in Kushner buildings than I think they realize because I, I know, just did a right. little survey of my neighborhood in the East Village and there are Kushner buildings that I had no idea. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy, and they are they are terrible landlords. Um, and there are other terrible landlords. I guess, of course, I I have some um, sympathy for you know small landlords, people who own you know a, a duplex or triplex, and you know this is a major source of income. I think something has to be done for for them. Uh, you know, I think for small small landlords, there should be some kind of mortgage. Uh, forgiveness or mortgage relief, um, you know, and, and some of our legislators are talking about both things, rent relief and mortgage relief, and, and nothing's happening. Uh, and so I think, you know, I did know about the strike. I think New York One covered it. Honestly, I was like, I know I heard about it on television first, as well as Twitter. Um, so I think that's where I heard it. But I haven't heard it on, you know, national cable or anything like that. Yeah, which... Um which sucks also considering how much, you know, coverage the liberate Michigan and liberate whatever state, you know, those those were also like, it's, you know, it's hard to say what kind of a movement that was in numbers. It um, wasn't. 
But we it do, we wasn't. Can't say. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> we really can't say. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to allow the um, national uh, political, uh, sorry, correspondent, right? No. Yeah. yeah. The national correspondent for the nation say that in ways that I can't with any authority say. But it wasn't right. And so the media, the media is giving those things that so much attention. It's like the equivalent of, of you know, Trump and, and, um, the fucking, you know, inject yourself with Lysol stuff. It's like these things, it's important to know that there's a fucking idiot at the uh, helm, but it, it's like a story that it, but it's, we're covering, you know, soap opera, not policy when right. we're talking about um, some of these things. And I do want to clarify the strikers, what they, what they're asking for, they're asking for a statewide rent cancellation for four months um, or for the duration of the public health crisis, whichever is longer. Um, they're asking for a rent freeze and an assurance, um, you know, because that's the other thing is that after this is done, rents could go up. So they're asking for a rent freeze and that every tenant is given the right to renew their lease at the same price um, and that the government, uh, quote, urgently and permanently uh, rehouse all New Yorkers experiencing homelessness and invest in public and social housing across um, our state. So that's what, what the New York uh, movement is demanding. Um, and the interesting thing about it too, is that this kind of rent strike isn't without precedent. There were rent strikes in the thirties. And again, everyone's talking about how this economic calamity is very similar to the great depression. Um, and so, um, in, in, in the thirties, they, they fought price gouging and, uh, landlord neglect by refusing to pay rent and thousands and thousands of people did it. Um, do you, so Aaron, just like anecdotally among your artist friends, are people joining <laughs> a movement or are they just like accidentally a part of the movement because they don't have the money <laughs> to pay rent? Yeah, on May I, 1st think, anyway? I definitely think it's a bit of, a bit of both. Like some people, um, because when this happened in April, even if you were living paycheck to paycheck, you people still had jobs, so it was sort of right. You were able to do it, but now, like I, had, I know so many people that haven't just like haven't worked for a whole month and got no money. So you kind of have to not pay rent. Um, but then I, I think, yeah, there's certainly people who are doing it more as a as a statement and joining the movement and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it it, it is. That's what's so funny about it. It, it, it. Yes, it's to to fight um, oppression and greed and all this, but it's also just necessity. We're, we're rent striking because we don't have a rent. Right. We cannot yeah. make the money. Well, so, some people, Joan, will say that like the stimulus checks and the unemployment checks are supposed to cover stuff like rent. So if you are are receiving those things, why aren't you? You know, does it make sense for you to be a part of a rent um, strike? Well, the stimulus is like at this point a one-time twelve hundred dollar thing, or more if you're a couple, I guess. Um, that doesn't that goes no place. Um, it doesn't even cover one month rent in New York right. and unemployment. I mean, a lot of people aren't eligible, and a lot of people who are eligible can't get it yet. You know, I hear Cuomo say every day, "Well, you know, you'll eventually get the whole thing," but you know, people can't be sure about that. And for right now, they don't have it. So, you know, I don't think there are, are you know, we, we have seen these stories of people who are making more on unemployment than they did before. And, you know, s- supposedly some of them won't go back to work. Well, if they're meat packers, I hope they don't go back to work. I hope they don't go back in any kind of unsafe situation. But, you know, for the most, again, sort of like the, for the protests against the lockdown, these anecdotal things get really covered. Whereas people suffering, and people doing a rent strike gets less coverage. So I, you know, I don't buy the idea that we have in any way, shape, or form given people enough money at this point, unemployed people, enough money to pay their rent. I uh, that's a really that's an excellent point, and I want to point out that Elon Omer, um, you know, of Minnesota, introduced the Rent and Mortgage Cancellation Act in Congress which would provide rent and mortgage forgiveness. So, and mortgage forgiveness, which kind of like addresses that small landlords issue. Right. Um, You know, so it, and and it, so it it also would provide relief to landlords to assist with lost payments. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So there's another aspect of it um, that it would provide relief, an additional relief to small landlords. So, so there is a bill in Congress 
that bill is not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to call it now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, but I do, but if you are interested in making it go places, um, call your representatives. This there is a bill. Uh, I mean, you know, and it might go far in Congress, but it, it may in it. But then Mitch Mitch McConnell doesn't strike me as a no. let's help renters type of guy. You know no. what I mean? No, the Grim Reaper um, is not going to let that one happen. Although that third chin has been living rent free. As far as I can tell. Right. So, motherfucker is a hit. time now. Let's actually, Joan, you brought up the meat. Uh, let's talk about meat and and uh, mm-hmm. and the plants. What what was the issue and why, uh, why are we talking about it? Well, you know, a lot of places, the, the hot spot, uh, you know, in Wisconsin, uh, it's a meatpacking plant in Green Bay that is the coronavirus hot spot in in. Iowa, there are several. Um, So people, you know, uh, employers belatedly, obviously, shut down these plants. And now Trump is trying to force them to reopen. Of all the things, we're going, you know, we're not going to use the Defense Production Act to produce uh, testing swabs or antibody testing, you know, equipment. But we are going to use it to make meat plants open. It's just, it's so offensive. You know, it, it's, he likes his, his double pounder, quarter pounder with cheese or whatever, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's just, and it's just a symbol of everything that's wrong with this administration. Yeah. Aaron, did what did you think about Trump using the De- Defense Production Act to compel meat processing plants to remain open? And what do you think of this, like, terror over the 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 food supply chain i i, I want to say more specifically like the meat supply chain yes um i think it's as always with trump it's um it's so on the nose to <laughs> for him to want to keep open meat factories it's it's like he writes he is a comedy writer about himself right um and it's very depressing <laughs> Uh, and um, I think it's insane. I think the food supply, I mean, obviously, yes, that's um, a, legitimate, a legitimate worry, but you don't need to eat meat to live. I am not a vegetarian or a vegan, but like I could easily live without meat and survive right. <laughs> and even thrive. Um, so I think <laughs> that is sort of an, ins- an insane worry um, to worry that we won't be able to live without meat. And then, you know, regardless, like the factory farm industry is so insane and unhealthy without a global pandemic right. going on. But it's like, maybe this is a good moment. I mean, of course, it's a good moment to reassess and readdress issues that are already in that insane, corrupt, unhealthy environment. Um, but instead, we're just going to keep it open and run business as usual. And yeah, let it be a, a hot spot for pandemics. It's like, there's not one benefit maybe right get open no but we will you know no i mean the climate change implications we've always known about and i have definitely cut back on meat for sure you know definitely beef and and uh and pork you know i i'm mainly a chicken and and fish eater but i have to say also so i know i i know we already know a lot it's not that we don't know those of us who eat meat we close our eyes to a lot of things. My sister is a vegetarian and she doesn't preach much about it, but I don't know why. One day she was giving us a hard time and I have a Labradoodle and she goes, would you eat a Labradoodle? And I was like, (laughs) no. And so yesterday I found myself tearing up as I do 18 times a day now, um, (laughs) watching a story about how they're going to have to euthanize pigs because they can't sell them. And I'm like, what is the matter with you? They're going to euthanize these pigs or else they're going to kill them so you can eat them. Like, what? so, I mean, I've been a, I've been a, I've I know, a I didn't understand that either. I was like, do you need to euthanize them? Why don't you let them run around <laughs> yeah. for longer? Yeah. Well, then like, they'd have to feed what? them. They'd have to take care of them. They'd right. have to take, think of them as living beings. And so it really was like, to me, I will, well, I shouldn't say that, bacon. I don't know. I will try never to eat pork again because once that light yeah. goes on in your in your mind, it's yeah. it didn't it didn't entirely with the labradoodle, but it did with the euthanizing pigs. <laughs> um so I hope I hope a lot of us have lights go on about the the way we live, even those of us who think of ourselves as pretty conscious and enlightened. Yeah. I um it's interesting I, in terms of like that terror of like am I going to be able to buy meat when I go to the supermarket what if the supermarket shelves are empty like that. I think 
I think there is a panic over that in general, right? And I had my own, I had the most bourgeois, like embarrassing, <laughs> like elitist panic moment the other day because the the like organic market I go to sometimes um, when I'm being like extra fancy, uh, <laughs> I buy this, I'm so embarrassed, I buy these almond flour tortillas which have a very low <laughs> carbohydrate count guys oh my god deal. i it's want just something i do <laughs> and um and they are like running low on this particular <laughs> did you hoard and i was i mean i was like i need to speak to the manager <laughs> no i didn't do that but i was just like oh my god what if i can't get my what? almond flour tortillas um which is, I'm a horrible person. I know that I'm self-aware and, and then I, you know, I, I fucking put myself in check. But um, but I can see the, I can see taking measures to sort of like keep things afloat. They don't need to be afloat at 100%, like forcing right. like all of these plants to stay open after so many outbreaks have occurred. After, they need, by the way, time to put in uh, safety precautions. There needs to be fucking clear federal guidelines on those precautions for places like meat processing where they have to stand next to each other in such close quarters and like rip the same like limbs off of the same fucking animal (laughs) i know this is so horrible i don't want to even say the words i'm saying but my point is is just like this felt you know maybe maybe there's some necessity to just like food to to like using the defense act for food supply chains in general this felt like the way all things do coming out of this particular White House, hasty, poorly done, not at all thoughtful, et cetera. <laughs> right, right. right. And, and talk um, about strikes. I hope we see a lot of strikes with workers refusing to, to return to work, you know, even even under the best of circumstances. I mean, somebody pointed out on, on some show the other night, they already wear a lot of, they wear you know, they, they, they wear, wear a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah, they wear protective stuff like a like a surgeon does already, but they do stand pretty close together, so you could separate them. But it's it's already, and I don't know why it's so inherently dangerous, but it is. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, again, we can see we could see another a wave of militants on that front, which would be fantastic. Well, you know what, guys, we are going to take a quick break and um, listen to our sponsors. But let me know what you guys think about. The rent strike? Are you doing the rent strike? Um, are you going to call uh, your rep and talk about Elon Omer's um, uh, bill? Like, how do you feel? And uh, what do you think about meat? And are you panicked about the meat shelves? Um, so let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about other things. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, 
that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back. Um, let's just turn to the politics um, of politics. Uh, Bernie Sanders was removed from the primary ballot in New York, uh, essentially canceling the New York presidential primary. You listeners of the show have known for a long time that I've been pissed about the primary schedule for a very long time. Uh, and now I don't even get to fucking vote. I mean, never mind. I didn't get to vote for my preferred candidate, who was Elizabeth Warren. I'm still a Warren Democrat. I don't even just get to vote at all. Right. Um, what? Okay, so everyone knows how I fucking feel. Uh, Aaron, how do you feel? I'm the same. It's so um, dystopian novel. <laughs> Even though I, I know it's such a small, like, baby step, but that's how it happens. Right, right. Like, that's how it oh, starts. Oh, we're not letting you vote right. this time. And then it's like, and just then next time. time. And then it's just suddenly, it's just, it, Yeah, it just feels, um, it feels a little eerie. And I, you know, I hate to be alarmist when there's so many big issues going on. But this is a big issue. I mean, that's sort of a cornerstone of our country is voting. So it feels weird that um, you're just not allowed to. And I'll say if it was, like, if the shoe was on the other foot, if this was a Republican primary going on and they did it, Democrats would be incensed. You'd be like, they're fascists, you know, and then, but since we're doing it, we're like, well, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It, fe- well, it feels very icky to me. Well, yeah. let me make one point on that front, Aaron. They Please basically, do. most Republican parties in most of the states canceled their primaries. They just canceled them flat right, right, out right, 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 so right. that he couldn't have challengers. So they are fascists, just just on that front. <laughs> um, we know that already. Thank you, thank we have you, proof. Yes. Um, but no, it's it's terrible. I mean, first of all, we already are. We're having a primary. We're having state state and local uh, election. You know, primary elections. Uh, you know, it was interesting because I heard Cuomo surprisingly say something, decide something pretty progressive, which is that they're going to mail an application for an absentee ballot to every how every registered voter, excuse me, in New York. So we could vote b- vote by mail if we wanted to. And they would have to keep open some polling places for whatever, for people who didn't want to do that or didn't get them, whatever. Um, so that that was great. I was like, okay, that we're moving toward vote by mail, which we have to do. Um, and then comes the, the, you know, the Board of Elections, not Cuomo supposedly, but I don't believe that. Um, saying, ah, oh, we're just not going to have a, a presidential. That will add some expense. And that's just outrageous for so many reasons. We're already having one. If there, if, if that was the only thing on the ballot, then I, I might be a little bit sympathetic. Probably not. Right. The, but, public but, health, the public health citation would make more sense if that was the only thing on the ballot. Exactly. But there are so many other things on the ballot. Exactly. Um, right. That it, it, you know, there's primary challenges in a lot of these congressional districts. Uh, to, you know, it, it makes no sense. You know, we still have to go. I mean, I still like physically have to vote. I mean, hopefully I'll be able to do it by mail or whatever. Yeah, I, but, supposedly but the voting is still happening. You. You know, so it makes no sense to me at all that the thing that was going to originally be printed at the top of the ballot 
is just not being printed there anymore, which does make it seem like an anti. This, I, I'm, I've never been one of those anti-Bernie people. I'm, you know, I'm not a Bernie person in in general. I though embrace a lot of his policies, but, but and, and I've always been like God, the the times when they cry, oh, that's anti-Bernie. Everything is anti-Bernie. I've always been like, all right, let's calm down about that. But this in particular, because he said, I want to collect as many delegates as I can so that I can use them at the Democratic Convention as leverage to make my, you know, to get my ideas onto the platform. And that makes sense to me. This feels like anti-Bernie. It does. (laughs) I will jump on that bandwagon. It's a provocation, you know, at a time when uh, Biden is going to have a hard enough time united the, uniting the party around him, at a time when, you know, many Sanders supporters are, exp- are expressing doubts about Biden, at a time when many of them still believe falsely, I might add, uh, that the primary was rigged against Bernie in 2016, uh, you're, giving them some, you're giving them something actually kind of real um, that, yeah. you know, that officialdom is doing uh, to slight Bernie. And I, you know, I think it's terrible. I do. Also, you know, the, it, it, some of those Bernie voters would only do anything because Bernie was on the ballot, which sucks right. that they're that way. But at the same right. time, it, it does, it may have an effect on turnout for these other races. For the down-ballot people. And the progressive down-ballot people. Well, maybe that's part of the point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. Right. No, I, I, maybe it, exactly. Well, maybe that's part of the point. It's anti-progressive. It's, you know, Lindsey Boylan, who's uh, primary challenging Gerald Nadler, who's been on this show, um, pointed out that she's, you know, she's concerned about turnout. It just sure. seems like this is designed oh, to yeah. fuck with turnout. So, you guys, I'm going to give this a fucking straight-up D-. minus. Um, <laughs> this was really terrible, bad, bad, bad on the Board of Elections, bad on the Democrat, on the DNC for not, I don't know, responding more. At least raising um, hell, even if it's not, even if they can't do anything, it is a local right. decision. If they raised hell, it might make a difference, but no, Yeah, there it good. is. You know what? And in general, fuck this primary schedule. I've said it a thousand times before. It is a nightmare. Call Tom Perez, everybody. Go to Democrats.org and fucking holler at that guy. <laughs> Let him know. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the other side of politics, which is that Donnie is polling badly in swing states. Um, so sad. Were you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Oh, finally. My God. You know, it's taken 60,000 dead Americans and more than a million uh, coronavirus cases to put a little crack uh, in in his approval. Uh, So, you know, I I, I wasn't surprised. I I, I was surprised. Remember in the first couple of weeks after the pandemic, his approval rating went up and all of us were like, how can this be happening? We know if you're really paying attention, you know how much of it is his fault. Um, But... You know, I think drinking bleach was maybe the last straw, even for some Trumpy people. Uh, so, so yeah, it's it, it's great, and and I'm glad that he's behind, and I'm glad that he's freaking <laughs> out and yelling at his people because that's always good. Yeah, the drinking bleach, Aaron. Do you think that was like uh, the the nail? And it's not a coffin that he lives in. It's uh, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some but you know the the zip up on the body bag what that's that's terrible cut that out you know what i'm trying to say aaron what do you think save me i think um yeah the bleach was not but the bleach was obviously bad and, and i think even the most um ardent trump um what about centrist has to be like well that is so stupid but um yeah, I'm surprised. I I am not. I still am not hopeful or optimistic because every time I'm like, okay, this will be the thing. This will be the thing. It never is. Right. So I'm not by any means letting it um letting it uh make me happy uh, or make me optimistic for November. But um, it is nice. It is like it feels this whole thing feels like a weird nightmare that you think you're going to keep since 2016 that you'll maybe wake up and be like, that was odd. I had this weird dream where this, um, you know, Trump was the president and then, then there was a global pandemic. Um, it feels like maybe we're sifting through the fog of the nightmare <laughs> and uh, there's like a dose of reality uh, light at the end of the tunnel. So that feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it like too soon to be think? Uh, I'm sorry. My yeah. baby is... I'm sure you guys can hear that. 
Oh, you can hear that, right? Yeah. Okay. I can hear now <laughs> pure, that you mentioned that. Pure 100% meltdown is happening. Um, um, <laughs> sorry, it's like so distracting. I'm trying to get back on track here. Oh, so the other, the, the so, so he's not, he's not polling very well. And then, and Republicans are freaking out. And there was a memo that was released Oof, yeah. to, to let vo- uh, Republicans know to blame China. Uh, what do you think of a, that strategy for Republicans uh, and their voter base? Uh, Joan. Uh, you know, I think they, th- they thought it was going to work because xenophobia always works for them. But the crazy thing is they, all, they were also saying, don't defend Trump. You don't have to defend right. him. But you so but you you do need a, a scapegoat, so it's China. That's that that's the story. And then they disavowed it and you know, it so it, it's just they're all chasing their tails and I Right. Well they're love gonna it. of course disappear, you know, they because they also set up like that Beijing Biden website right. to yeah. help connect. And I'm like, that's such a stretch. Beijing Biden is he has been I don't even have any like like you, the what was the one that was going around with the Ukraine stuff? The Ukraine stuff. Those were like the glory days. I know. When, I forget. When that was our problem. <laughs> but they had like the um some some. Was there a Beijing uh, Barisma, Kiev or something? I don't Barisma know. Biden. Um, Barisma Biden. Barisma Biden. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, and that was just like okay. Um, this feel that felt like okay. There's like a two percent match here. Um, this is just like no American has any strong knowledge of Biden and anything having to do with China. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's not right. a clear. It just doesn't make any sense um, to to hang China on Biden in any way. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, and it said to you know to not to defend Trump, but to combat commend him on the China travel ban. Yeah. Um, right. Which is really the only action he took at that time. Um, so it's sort of like commend him on the only thing that happened that that he only did in, because in a it, series of weeks. Right. And that he only did because he's a racist. Um, and yeah, well, yeah, because he, he enjoyed doing that one. Right, right. He wanted that, to do it anyway. Right. But, you know, <laughs> something like 400,000 people have come into the country from China anyway. There have been, like, massive exceptions. So he didn't even do that. I mean, it's just, like, it's it's where do you start or stop? Um, I Do it, it, you feel like Biden has been too quiet or 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 we're t- we're still so far out and he's in isolation so what is he supposed to do I mean Aaron what do you think about Biden is Biden's public presence I think the I think the play of let's just sort of let Trump um Fuck crash and burn right. watch him drown himself yeah. is not uh, I think that is a smart play uh, he can come out and say what he wants or whatever but it's I think it it is watching the Republicans scramble. We're talking about this memo. Oh, blame China. Uh, d- don't defend Trump or what? It's it's so everyone is so at a loss and so neutered because this is just not. You can't blame anybody. It is a virus. It is man versus nature. You know, it's just so yeah. out of. I mean, of course, you can blame people for um, responding poorly, but right. the, the the virus is an act of nature. So you can't do anything. Um, so I think just sort of removing yourself from the situation and coming in closer to November, I think is a smart play. And because Trump is doing so horribly, if he was very articulate and doing a good job, then maybe you'd need to come in and say more, get more screen time. But it seems to only be hurting Trump and Biden. I think, I don't think it's unwise to just sort of walk, lay low for a minute. And I've been, you know, I, I, I subscribe to his podcast. It's called Here's the Deal, the Joe Biden podcast. Um, (laughs) he has, you know, he made an appearance on one of the late shows. I can't remember which one. Um, and then apparently he's spending a lot of time doing like local hits in the battleground states, uh, which seems wise. Right. Um, and we are not one. And we are not. Yeah. We're again, because of the God 
damn electoral college, which I've also harangued against. I've also talked about the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. You guys, make <laughs> it happen. Um, we No one cares about us. So uh, that's what happens when you have an electoral college. Only a few states get to decide who your president is. It's ridiculous. Um, but it seems wise to be doing those things. I think the the one thing that I'm worried about is like how like how much less money Biden has compared to Trump. Um, Trump's war, tra- war chest is like ridiculous, apparently. And they will buy ads and, you know, and try and drown out anything that Biden will do in the future. So, I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're fundraising and have plans for that. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know how fundraising is, how successful fundraising is in, the, in you know, fundraising in a time of corona or whatever. Right. Um Sounds tough uh, because maybe money should be used on other things that have nothing to do with spending it on ads for politics. Right. <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't know. People with beating hearts might feel differently. Um, but then again, there are people that have just endless money. So, you know, they can use, they can do both. Uh, but I, I also think um, it's so early and because – you, there's only so many times you want to see Biden on a Zoom video that, right. you know, you have to – I think you kind of have to be selective with the national stuff that you do because, it you know, you can't burn people out with Biden on Zoom. Yeah, the only thing I would say is that I don't subscribe to his podcast, so I should, you know, change that. But, you know, every day he's been doing some kind of virtual town hall with some interesting people and – one day this week it was Kamala Harris, and then one day it was Hillary Clinton. Um, and I was kind of curious to see him and Hillary, because uh, I don't think they have the best personal chemistry. He's undermined her a lot uh, <laughs> in the past. But anyway, they are, you know, she's a, she's a soldier. Um, it took me 15 minutes to find it, and I know how to look. It's not on his website. Go to JoeBiden.com. Nope. Not there. Right. I finally, I you know, I Googled it, couldn't find it. And then I finally went to his uh, Twitter homepage, his Twitter account, and he had posted it, you know, 15 minutes earlier. So right. that's where it was. And I was kind of like, I you know, I get daily press releases. I didn't get a link to it. You know what I mean? It's sort of. I right. Think that it's like get your that, internet shit together. Yeah. The things that yeah. they are doing that they do want attention for. Are, you know, there were like 5,000 people watching the Hillary Joe live stream. That's abominable. So, yeah. you know, it, he could be doing better on that front. But I do agree with Aaron. It's probably best, you know, for a lot of reasons, fewer gaffes. But also, you know, I remember when Trump started doing his kind of almost primetime uh, two-hour Fidel Castro rants uh, about a month ago, <laughs> um, you know, some Democrats were saying, well, you know, Biden should do a press conference at the same time and the networks would have to cover yeah. it and da-da-da, you know, it's it's not fair. And then people started saying, oh, wait, you know, he's making ads this for Biden great. every yeah. night. Why would we get in the way with this? So, in the way of this. So, you know, I think that there is a strategy behind what they're doing. Um, but the little bit that they are doing, they could do better. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys, let me know what you think. Should Biden be doing more? Is it just right? Um, less? Uh, hit me up on the social medias that we don't like and let me know what you think. And now we will move to topic number three. Uh, New York State has legalized video wedding ceremonies and people are actually getting married during a pandemic. Um, Aaron, what do you think about this phenomenon? Are you joining the crowd and just doing some uh, online nuptials? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, you know... Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I, I am married. So when I say that I, I am, but I am still sort of anti-wedding in the best sentiment. So I just think they're so ridiculous. And I can't imagine how ridiculous a Zoom wedding must be. Um, I think writing of your own vows while lovely is always like the part of the wedding where I'm like, I, I need another cocktail. <laughs> so uh, maybe it'd be nice during Zoom because you just sort of get up and make your own drink. Yeah, yeah. Stop um, video. I think, you know, people want to get married, of course, go for it. Um, I think it's just, it's so funny to imagine, um, you know, 
people going to the bathroom during your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Joan, what do you think? I think it's great. You know, I think that, first of all, that it it, it takes the pressure off people, people having the the lame thought that we're going to figure out how to do this with, with, a group anyway. We had wedding plans. Uh, You know, we're going to make it work. Um, I think this is a way to do it, uh, to, you know, to get married because you want to, maybe you need to. Uh, You know, a friend of a friend, they got married. I mean, they were getting married anyway, but they really had to get married because he he lost his job and he needed her health insurance. So they weren't going to push off their wedding again. Um, So, you know, I I think it's great. Pat Kiernan on on VH1 is an official officiant. He can he can marry a, people. A New York one, yes, a New York one on New York one uh, for for New Yorkers. He performed one on live television uh, right before I wow. jumped on to talk to you. Oh, that's that was kind of cute. Um, you know, with parents in the zoo. You know, we would see them on Zoom. It was it was lovely. You know, it's sort of like. Their dog was the ring bearer. It was very, it was very adorable. So I'm a, I'm a sentimental fool. It's whatever, you know, whatever gets you married. If, if you want to get married. And it's. I'm single. I'm divorced. So, you know. Right. Not. It's just something to do also. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this would kill an hour. If Great, anybody out that. there wants to talk about getting married, I mean, I'm climbing the walls. So, you know, that would be fun. <laughs> I mean, well, it's so funny because weddings are already, you know, wait, did Aaron, did you not have a wedding? No, but I did a city hall. Okay, okay. So you had like a witness or some shit like that. Yeah, I had a, I, I, we had like um, a couple friends and a couple family members. Right, got it. Okay. It like six people. Um, you know, because weddings are so, like, can be so awkward. I mean, there's no guarantee that Uncle Frank is still not going to make the drunk wedding toast that he was going to make in a regular <laughs> wedding. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he may just be Zoom drunk and do the toast anyway, <laughs> you know? Um, so there's, you know, and I, you know, and I love the idea of, like, a bride, like, having, you know, bride on top and pajama bottoms on bottom or whatever. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. So there's a lot of stupid shit that can happen that, w- that would be funny and interesting. But um. But you're not I, gonna have you're not gonna have wedding hookups. You're not gonna have drunken bridesmaids no. and, and groomsmen yeah. or groomsmen and groomsmen, whatever the case may be, hooking up and all the things that make they weddings fun into- and scandalous. Like maybe there's private chats on Zoom. Maybe private chats will start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> People will find um, a way. Right. I <laughs> yeah. I do I would lament that because I think one of the only fun things about a wedding is to be when I was single is to be at the single table and be like, is any of this gonna happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this is any of are any of these dudes a remote possibility? It, like, do I think that you know, like or does the idea want to make me hurl. Um, and that was always fun. And it took up hours of the event. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, uh, and I, and then now I've, I have, uh, as a person who's gone to weddings, who's also married, I would, I look at the singles table and I, and I just am like, is what's going to happen? You know what I yeah, mean? Right. And yeah. how can oh, I help I facilitate? <laughs> you know, I turn into straight up matchmaker, like, yes. Hey Jane, have you met Ted? You know what I mean? And it's just, <laughs> right. I am that person and it's ridiculous. Um, I guess my question for you guys, now that we're doing even weddings on zoom, which by the way, I, Still haven't had my wedding. I got married a couple of years ago now. Um, and we were like, oh, let's get married. And then we, you know, we were like, oh, let's do the, you know, we'll do the paperwork. But then we'll do the actual wedding later. And then so we didn't tell people we were married for a while because we we're like, no, no, no. We're going to get officially married at a ceremony or whatever. And then uh, and then I got pregnant and then we we're like, OK, uh, let's we'll tell people we're married, but then we'll do a wedding later. And, you know, and then I was like, well, I'm not going to get married until I'm, you know, skinnier than my pre-birth weight, you know. <laughs> um, and so so now I'm in that and I'm like, well, I'm, we're not going to have a wedding in a pandemic. So it's like everything keeps pushing this like stupid But you are married idea. officially. You are like, you know, legally married. Yeah, yeah, we're we're okay. totally married. So, yeah. um, it's just like we still want to have a party. I mean, and that's all yes, we want right, to do. Right, we don't right. want to make people uncomfortable, and we're not, you know, there's nothing. No, no one has to do anything except for show up at a party whenever this party ha- happens. 
Right. Um, that's the idea. But do you think the um, and and I still think I mean, I'm still going to have a party, but it really, in my vision of it, it is just a party. Um, you mm-hmm. may actually not even know that you're at a wedding. <laughs> you know what I mean, right, like you'll right. get there and be like, "Oh, P.S. This is like our wedding reception." What? Right. Oh, okay. You know, like that's maybe how it's going to go down. Um, but do you think the era of the mass wedding is over? Now that, like, because of this pandemic and then also because everything is has become so fucking online, um, you know, teleconference-focused. Oh, I don't think it's... Maybe for... Go ahead. No, I feel... uh, People will get back into it as soon as they can because people... I mean, it's such a booming industry, but um, I have have noticed this in general, even pre-pandemic, that weddings... You go to less where it's like, oh, we also have a thousand dollar cake or we have a, you know, there's things where you notice just like cuts and that's not, and then no longer things like, oh, they don't have a lot of money. You know, it's just like, oh, this is insane to spend this much money on all these flowers or something. So it's like, there's a lot of more like homespun things I've noticed, even at very nice weddings. That's kind of in vogue, I think, to make it feel a little more like your own personal touches. So maybe just because giant groups obviously will be a long time before that happens, maybe that will become more popular to just sort of do a, a more t- a wedding like that. But I don't know. People love a giant wedding. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think that we will ever replace weddings and, you know, certain things right. with, you know, oh, let's choose to do it on Zoom, even if we can gather. I don't see that. Um, I don't think we'll be doing funerals on Zoom just because we like, <laughs> we think that's a better way to do it. Um, but I do, I don't, I cannot, I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic, um, since we're having so much fun, but I don't know when (laughs) we're going to have to, we're going to be able to have a group of like, even say a hundred people, which is a medium sized wedding, um, you know, 75 or a hundred people, let alone 200, um, you know, let alone, will we ever have baseball? Will we ever go to concerts again? But again, I don't want to, I don't want to get maudlin. So, you know, while we're living like this, I, I, it'll go on. When we get out, you know, to some extent, I think we'll have smaller, you know, in-person weddings. People will do that as soon as they can, maybe with social distancing, maybe with masks. Um, it's really, it's, it's hard to think about. It's hard to think about how are you going to hook up at a wedding with somebody you just met if you're wearing a mask? Who's going to know, you know, you're going <laughs> to buy an expensive like, dress or outfit and get do, get your hair done, but then you're wearing a mask. I don't know. <laughs> but like a gorgeous mask. A gorgeous you know mask. I mean? Yeah. Like a yeah. sequenced <laughs> silk yeah, yeah. lane mask. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think about everything, you know, the way that we're talking about the future I think we're talking about it with our mindset right now, which is that people are dying and how can we live a life where fewer people will die, right? And that's, I think, our right. the, the, the lens upon which we're viewing everything in the future. But in, in, in the future, I'm talking about six months to a year. I'm not, ta- I, I'm, I'm not one of the, you know, I'm talking about there's a vaccine and then here we are. I think people forget how much people forget. Um, yeah. Because... Yeah. People obviously forgot the Spanish flu. Otherwise, the Roaring Twenties wouldn't have been roaring. I I may have said (laughs) this before on the show. But that's – this, I think, is so deeply temporary. You know, I – you know, people forget how much people forgot about 9-11. You thought Mm -hmm. that the nation was going to be in grief for so long. Was it, though? You know what I mean? We were sort of ideologically in grief for a long time. If anybody asked, it was like, yes, absolutely never forget. But but people do forget, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, you know, and, and also an institutional memory is very short. And because also right. people, it is a fundamental human um, default not to wallow in a shitty state, right? Um most people try and get out of a shitty state as quickly as possible and then not go back to remembering it constantly. You know, right. I'm, I'm talking about like I'm generalizing, of course. Um, so I think the and – the, and the other thing is the temptation to do everything that we could do in our modern lives – the temptation to be like, I'm going to have a destination wedding. It's going to be in the Bahamas and uh, I'm going to get dozens of people to fly there. Yeah. 
that's I don't think those temptations are going to go away. We st- we we'll be able to set aside this six month or one year period and be like, oh, that was the time that I didn't do those things, but I'm back to definitely doing those right. things. You know, right. I do foresee like whenever it is safe, like a huge. Um, like nightlife pop, a huge, you know, I just think people will be, like be very, oh my God, yeah. almost rebelling against this time because it's like, yes. you're so pent up. I think there will be sort of a, God, God only knows, maybe it is another roaring twenties because people are just, just ready for fun. Yeah. For I, yeah. I am calling for, I am, I'm not, a, I'm not only hoping for a roaring twenties, I'm calling for a roaring twenties because <laughs> I don't want us to, I don't want us to think that all of this, the Zoom, and, and I, I had this sinking feeling of like sadness when I read these stories about the Zoom weddings because I'm like, not that people are going to have Zoom weddings in the future or whatever. Like, you know, obviously more, more pe- most, most people will opt, an overwhelming majority of people will opt to have a, weddings in person, even if it's only 10 people or four people or whatever. Right. But I had this feeling of like, let us not give ourselves more tools to become further and further isolated. Like, let mm-hmm. us march into the 20s roaring as opposed to isolated. This pandemic is forcing isolation. And we have these fucking tools that are, like, letting us pretend like we're not isolated, right? Like, yeah. Skype yeah. is Skype is a great, you know, uh, make believe of that you're not isolated, but we are. We're isolated. You and then sometimes I mean? you hang right, up right. from a Zoom call or a Skype call with your friends or family, and sometimes I feel worse. Sometimes I feel better. I mean, I'm yeah. glad I'm doing it, but sometimes it's just like, oh, this is really fun. Click. Oh, same four walls. Yeah. I've got my dog. Yes, you know, Joan. Look. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, because because the high. You know, I'm one of these people, like, if I don't hang out with people, like, enough in a week, my husband will be like, I think you need to schedule a brunch. You know what I mean? Like, he can see things about my my mood. Um, And so I've been doing, like, some Skype hangouts and FaceTime and whatever. Um, I can't hate keep the continuously saying Zoom because I feel like I'm plugging them. I'm not plugging anything. <laughs> Google Hangouts, Any, FaceTime. Yeah, Google Hangouts. Yeah, yeah. I love them. Fucking go to meeting. Oh yeah. Um, but I think um, I think that that I've had that experience where I get off the you know where I after a, like a live in person brunch or whatever. I have that frisson of energy, you know, where I'm mm-hmm. like buzzing from having seen my friends and getting a download on their lives and feeling excited for them and everything in the chat. And oh, aren't people fucking great? And then I, um, <laughs> after these teleconferences, I've just sometimes just been like, uh, just it that 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 frisson of energy doesn't doesn't linger. Um, and I I just don't get the same, you know, I, I I don't get the same kind of like psychological benefits. I mean, I get something obviously and please keep inviting me, but, uh, you know, (laughs) um, that, uh, yeah. So what just we're, as we're wrapping up the show, what is your predictions? Um, so I made my roaring twenties prediction. What are your predictions? Uh, Aaron. Oh God! You j- just in general about about the yeah. future. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just in general about that the is, future. That's so. Um, it feels so foolish to make. Yeah, any but it's okay. Make time. a foolish, yeah. fucking, ridiculous, embarrassing prediction that you're going to walk I away feel from. Like my, my hope is that in this sort of um, right now, we're at the the May fifteenth. We're canceled in, in New York until May fifteenth. It's. It, I hope that there's things like you're allowed to get back. At, you're sort of allowed to um, widen your pandemic circle. Like, obviously, we're not going to be like, oh, back in full flower. But it'd be nice if you could um, choose to this. OK, now you can have a gathering of five people or less. Yeah. Like, that feels so exotic. Right. Like, having people over for dinner. <laughs> right. It feels like, oh, my God. I, like, that feels illicit yeah, almost yeah, yeah, in a yeah, fun yeah, way. Yeah. Right. Uh, like a sex party just to see someone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? Yes. Widen it to sex parties of under. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. As long as everybody's quarantined for two weeks, why can't we do that? Whatever we want. Right. 
So something like that is what I'm hopeful for and what I what I uh, predict to happen eventually, even if it's not May 15th, is I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, oh, you could have a small group gathering, um, even just at someone's apartment. That truly would feel, I feel I, I would, I would de-age 10 years I know. or something if I was allowed to do something like that. <laughs> yes. Joan, what are your predictions? I don't know if it's a prediction. It's more of a hope. But, you know, going back to what I said before about I'm not going to eat any pigs anymore. Um, you know, I'm hoping that people <laughs> learn how to make do with less. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping yes. now that we have this category of essential workers, most of whom are paid very poorly, that we redefine the notion of both essential work as valuable work and figure out how to pay people more. You know, I, I just, I think that when we look at, you know, police and firefighters, they really do make a decent living. But, you know, teachers, uh, hospital, other kinds of hospital workers, home health aides, uh, transit workers who are, you know, who are low-level transit workers, you know, people who aren't unionized, basically, they make, terrible wages. Um, I'm hoping that we've learned that our experiment with, you know, government sucks and the private sector can do everything um, will be over and that we will learn, you know, we're, we're spending, Obama couldn't even get $1 trillion for the stimulus in 2009. We, we, we had a $2 trillion one. We had a trillion dollar one. We're going to have another one. We're spending money like crazy. I hope that when we come out of this, there's a recognition of a role for government and that, you know, we need to we need to invest in in people and in infrastructure, including a fucking public health infrastructure, um, you know, and that we just have a different idea about what, why we have government, why we band together, why we pay taxes. Um, I love that yeah. Aaron's was like sex party. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And Jones was like this fundamental overhaul of how we view essential work and value I want infrastructure. A sex party too. I'm just and saying. I agree. Plus and sex I want, party. I want a public health <laughs> yeah, he said no, it first. I, I would have said sex party. Obviously. I know. I I love both of them so much. Um, I, I, I you know, but it's, speaking of sex party though, I think the baby boom is actually going to happen. You know, we t- everyone joked in the early days. The baby, there's going to be a quarantine baby boom. I think there's going to be an yeah. after quarantine baby boom because people are going to be Definitely. like, "You give me that dick," you know what I mean? Yeah. You'll do, <laughs> totally. you'll do. Oh my god, what was I doing being single? <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah, I think yeah. I think there'll definitely be some of that. But I remember I worked at Salon during 9/11, and this is just to be really tacky because we used to do tacky things. I remember we did a feature on terror sex, the phenomenon of people after 9/11 just. <laughs> hooking up because they were, you know, scared, not to minimize the feelings. They were scared. They were lonely. They were desperate. Um, They hooked up. They felt better. Whatever. Um, We're not having terror sex because we can't, you know, unless you're you're home with a partner. So it's, yeah, sad. So you guys, that is the end of the show. And I would love for people to follow you and all the stuff you do. Erin, you have a book out. What is it? Where can they find it? Tell us. Um, it's called The Astonishing Life of August March, and it's um, a comedic coming-of-age novel. It's good pandemic reading. It's a comedy. It's light, and it's fun. <laughs> so um, it would be a good read. You can get it wherever books are sold. Um, I would... You can order off um, IndieBound. IndieBound, yes. An independent bookseller. Um, or I know, like, my bookstore is doing safe curbside pickups. I've been going to get books from them. They'll leave it on a, you call, then he'll leave it on a chair outside the door. Then he'll shut the door. Then you go pick it off the chair. So um, there's, there's places selling it and you can call um, to try to support your small business. Yeah. IndieBound is fantastic. I always uh, point people to that, um, you know, and, and, and yes, always call your local um, because they could probably, if they, they probably already have it or they can get their hands on it. And, um, and again, another way to support them. I'm so excited to read your book. I'm so, I'm also so happy that it's a novel and not a work of nonfiction, just something that an escape. Um, so, so go, so look for air. Uh, what's the title again, Aaron? The Astonishing Life of August March. The Astonishing Life of August March, you guys. Uh, You have your marching orders, your August marching orders. Um, (laughs) Joan, where do people find you? 
Uh, they find me on The Nation and thenation.com. Uh, not finding me too much on CNN right now. They're not using many or any political, you know, outside political consultants, although I assume we'll all be back for the election, I hope. Um, and uh, find me on Twitter, Joan Walsh. I'm there a lot. Um, all right, you guys, and I want to thank the people. Oh, you know, well, you know where to find me and Nadine Farzad and all of blah, 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 blah. You know, you know. And you, um, and <laughs> oh, thanks so much for everyone who's been re- re- uh emailing me um, oh and watching Third Street Blackout and donating to the Actors Fund um, again if you want to watch Third Street Blackout it's a pandemic freebie it's my last movie um, a romantic comedy set in the blackout after Hurricane Sandy with people like John Hodgman and Janine Garofalo and Ed Weeks and uh, uh, Rachel Feinstein and Jordan Carl it's just like a fantastic list of New York comedians um, and you can see that at thirdstreetblackout.com slash stream that's 3rd uh, st blackout.com slash stream and I'm going to be putting out other pandemic freebies um, it just you know it just takes time because there's always a technical hurdle so <laughs> anyways there's that yeah. but I really want to thank the production team here at Fake the Nation that's our producer Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer Andy Christens, Gabi Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps out with research. And you guys, we love to hear from you. Like the people who have been emailing me about the term you guys. Um, uh, overwhelmingly impro- a pro, though there have been a couple who are anti. And I really appreciate hearing from you as well. And I'm still crafting my own thoughts about it. Uh, Nagin Farsada, work in progress. But send us your feedback. <laughs> um, topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas. You can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981. Or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find um, the show. That's a real thing. And don't forget to um, sign up for Stitcher Premium. You'll get a free month. Uh, use the code FAKE at the checkout. And um, and you'll help the show. That's a really big deal uh, for us. So thank you so much, and we'll be back at your earballs next week. <laughs> <laughs>